Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm just trying to bulk up a little bit. I'm tired. I had to get up this morning and jog my memory. <laughs> so well, that's really wearing me out. I think we're morning on, exercise. I think we're on two different programs here. So, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm working on strength and power, and you're you're doing mental cardio. You know, you know, why I don't lift weights. Yeah, because they're, they're heavy. They're heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so with that. I brought in some. I brought in someone to help consult on your new regime and routine. With us today, we've got Jay Ashman, who is the owner of Kansas City Barbell. Jay, is this true? That's true. All right. Well, for those of you listening, first off, this episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale.io, and you know I love it when you're interactive. So go to KCBarbell.com. And for those of you that don't know how to spell, barbell has two L's. Also true, right? Yeah, you'd be surprised. I went to the we went to the World's Game last summer as a team with the whole gym, and we had our name up on the marquee. It's pump barbell with one L. Yeah, I, yeah. that's yeah. I kind of anticipated that. Did you go kick their ass? <laughs> what can I do? I mean, World's Game. We just sit there and cheer and be like, oh, yeah, one L, great, thanks, guys." <laughs> <laughs> so Jay, you you're a you Casey Barbell is is a is a gym that deals with. <clears throat> Uh, you know, personal training more on some level. You have some different iterations of it, but why don't you go ahead and start everyone off by letting us know what you guys do down at Casey Barbell? All right, pretty simple. We are a coaching gym model, which means that you cannot just join the gym and do what you want. You know, we provide the programming, we provide the coaching, and we will help you get your goals set up. So when you come into the gym, you can either be a floor coaching client or a personal training client, one of the two. Like if you want to go to a gym and just do your own thing, probably go to One Life, go somewhere else. That's not really what we do. So what does floor coaching mean? Floor coaching means that we have set hours at the gym, 6 to 8 in the morning, 11 to 1 in the afternoon, 3.30 until 8 o'clock at night, give or take. So you pretty much reserve a slot of time during the day and you come in during that time. So there's no set hours that you have to come in. So like CrossFit is a class model where you come in at four five or six, mm-hmm. we don't have that. If you want to come in at 415, that's fine. Like 422, I really don't care. But they can't do what they want? It's still No, we uh, provide the programming for them. So me and my owner, other co-owner, Sean, and we have another coach named Alex who's kind of an intern helping us out. He's new to it. Mm-hmm. So we're, we basically coach them. So if we have a form issue, we watch their form, we spot them, okay. we give them advice. But we, it's not one-on-one personal training? No, one-on-one personal training is obviously a different – kind of a different tier structure. So this is kind of like group, yeah, group instructor. It's a group dynamic, okay. but it's not like we're all working out together like one big happy family. You'll have two guys doing one workout, two people doing another workout. I just see you as like a drill sergeant standing up on the bench. <laughs> I used to be that way. Come on, one more. Let's go. <laughs> and and for suck the, it in. And for those of you that want to know what what Watson's talking about, you can go to our the Startup Hustle YouTube channel because Jay, you do look the part. I'm gonna have to agree. You would scare the shit out of me, and I'd be doing like three more reps. Yeah, and also, Matt, I need to talk to you about your form. I feel that I feel that it's it, it's lacking. Do I need to put my butt out more or 
What, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want you to go to the gym and put your butt out more. If you could just really like stick it out okay. more on everything. Chest out more? Yeah. All. Yeah. Okay. Chest, chest and, butt, chest out and okay. butt out. And, Same time. And yeah. And you do have to go all the way down. Okay. Sure, is working hours or something else. I'm not really sure here. <laughs> I, well, I think we're still talking about working out. He wants me to go all the way down. Oh, Jesus. All Sounds right. pretty so, good. So, Jay, um, I'm assuming that with the – so is the benefit of the floor training model to still have access somewhat to the feel of a personal trainer yes, without taking on the expense of it's like paying exactly. 100 bucks a session or something? Exactly what it is. So you're getting a program. Most people that – or most of our members are professionals. They're not like me. They're not going to live and breathe, eat, sleep, and pretty much, you know, crap personal, crap weightlifting. So they're like business professionals. Yeah, we have CEOs. We have yeah. everything. We have a lady. We have a lady who owns American and Company. She's an ad copy person for nonprofits. We got head engineers at Black and Viach. So we have people who actually don't live this stuff, but they want yeah, to come yeah. in and work out. So they don't want to think about their training program all the time. Yeah. But they don't, maybe, maybe they don't really want a personal trainer four days a week. Well, I did personal training before and my, the best part about it is it held me accountable. Yeah. That's what right? we, that's what we it do. held me accountable. Well, and, the, and this sounds like it would also hold me accountable, but in a group setting and right. not cost as much. Well, with the price point we have, you're not paying a pro training cost. We're still paying a decent amount of money. Mm -hmm. So with that kind of money, it's like, you don't want to just come, not come in and spend it. Yeah. And plus you're you accountable. Yeah. You have a program that we deliver to you and say, this is your program for the week. And you come in, we know if you're here, we know if you're not there. Yeah. So we'll reach out to people and say, Hey, we haven't seen you in a week. Where you been? Or stuff and like that. And then you're standing on the bench screaming at me and I do it. Yeah, yeah but another, uh, you know, another thing too is, <laughs> and you know, so I grew up playing sports and stuff like that. So going to the gym is fairly straightforward for me, but not everyone was in that boat. So right. I mean, having, having someone to like actually give you some guidance is a good thing. Cause I mean, here's the thing, man, like if you want to have a, uh, enjoy, uh, I don't want to say enjoyable, but an interesting 10 minutes, go to YouTube and type in gym fails. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll just see people like doing stupid shit at the well, gym because yeah. they don't know any better. There's right? a lot and, of people that have never been to the gym. Yeah. And, well, and first off, you can hurt yourself. And second off, if you're not, I mean, if you're not even coming close to doing it right, you're kind of just wasting your time. Right. right? Yeah. So that's why I don't go. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, it's funny. Cause, uh, you know, I was telling Jay earlier, I've got a, a nice gym in my house, which is sometimes great. And also sometimes the hardest place to work out because it it's easy to not hold yourself accountable at home, you know, like it's easy for me to go. And I've got, I mean, I've got everything that uh, you would find at most gyms. In, oh, I know. You love taking selfies of you sculpting your guns. Yeah, I actually bet I never do that. <laughs> <laughs> there is no, there his, is his Instagram's like every other photo of Tim sculpting his gun. Okay. First off, my Instagram is at the <laughs> Matt. If you want to go verify, I am not, I am not and will not ever post any gun sculpting pictures oh. but i will actually drop that my wife loves that she's like what are you going to do i, said, I gotta go sculpt my guns oh my god yeah any any gun comments you can make you know sun's out guns out yeah. tickets to the gun show i mean these are this is why my wife rolls her eyes at yeah, me 90 percent of what i say so jay you told me before we started that you focus on strength and power why yes. is that why is that your thing <clears throat> well i most the base level of all fitness programs come from being stronger whether you want to be in better shape or do you want to look better the base level of all training is basically weight training you cannot you can improve your fitness without it, but it will make improving your fitness a lot easier with it. You build more muscle, increase exactly. your metabolism. Exactly. It's really just, you look a little sexier. 
Well, it's also just, you know, it's kind of a, a you know, it's you're my age. Yes. And so we're in our mid forties and let's just put it this way, man, the, the easier years of all the, all of the fitness stuff are behind me. So yeah. it's, uh, for me, it's like, I just try to, I just don't want to wither away, man. Yeah. You know, and then I think some of that, there's just a lot of studies that show that just some general light weightlifting as you mm-hmm. get older, especially as a man is really, is good for you. It strengthens a lot of things. Well, we have a, we have a guy in the gym now who joined a few months ago. He's a 63 year old x-ray technician. And, uh, his purpose of joining is that when he wants to maintain the muscle that he has, so he can actually age and feel better as he gets older. And that's, that's a good enough reason to get stronger for me, obviously. So, so how did you get into this? How long is, how long has Casey Barbell been around? We've been around for about a year and say eight months. Okay. So the gym pretty much started as a joke because, uh, well, first of all, I'm working for City Gym and Waldo, which I'm sure you may have heard of. And I have not. It's a, it's a pretty cool little gym over in Waldo area. So I worked there for about a year. And I started getting, you know, I come from the world of strength training. And gyms like that don't like people that have like heavy deadlifting because it causes noise and stuff like that. So I kept getting people that want to train to get stronger and do powerlifting. And I'm like, well, I can't do this at City Gym. I need to have my own place. So my buddy, Sean, who is in Virginia, he owned CrossFit Mount Vernon. I messaged him with a joke. I said, hey, when you sell your gym, move out here, open one with me. And because he's getting ready to sell his gym. So at that point, he was like kind of blew it off. And then I kept, we kept thinking about it. And then he came out here in January of uh, 2018 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, he visited the place and he liked Casey. He liked Casey. And ever since then, we looked for a place and we opened it up. So uh, the first month we were open, he didn't even live here. All his equipment got driven out here. We put it in the gym. We started off with some bare basic stuff, and then he moved out, found a place, and then uh, we kind of grew off from there. So it started up as kind of a... And you've never owned a gym before? I partially owned one in Ohio for a little bit, but that's a story I probably won't go into. Mm-hmm. That was a, kind of an epic fail and not really my part. But uh, I managed a gym. I was a personal training manager of a gym in New York City. Okay. I ran a gym in Oklahoma City called Brewhouse Barbell. So, so how has the experience been from from that to deciding okay i'm gonna open a gym oh, it's a whole different walk it's a whole different what, game what it, to me it, a gym seems like a fairly easy thing to open but it also feels like it probably takes quite a bit of capital to buy all the equipment well dude, well, it's, it's about getting people to come to it yeah, that have, too but that's the hard but part. the equipment's not cheap yeah. either no, no. Equipment, equipment mostly came from sean's old gym we bought stuff as we went we kind of took the philosophy we're not going to max out credit to buy stuff until we need it and then when we did buy stuff we made sure we could pay it with cash we uh spent no credit money opening a gym and we were in the black within six months very good i Do mean you focus mainly on free weight type stuff yeah there? so we don't have any machines in the gym oh yeah, yeah. So that's a big difference it, dude it's like i have a cable machine and the thing was freaking five grand i mean i use it for a lot of stuff and it's like i, I love having it but another thing people don't realize too is even just general weight it's like dumbbells yes, they're, are, they're freaking expensive oh, they're like right? a couple dollars a pound or something yeah like buy, that. And, then, and then buy two 90 pound ones that's what and i next mean next thing yeah. you know you're well, like wow that's yeah. 400 bucks well that's basically what we did was uh we bought a set of dumbbells a few months ago from five to 100 pounds every five pound increments and we got them for a thousand dollars well, that's which, a good deal. That's a, a lot steel. less than what I paid for the well, ones from in my a gym. House. It was from a gym actually closed down before, so we actually had a chance to get them. And it was a good deal. So they were a little rusty. We had to clean them off, but small price to pay for not spending like yeah. double the money at least. That's yeah. kind of – but for powerlifting gyms, there's, there's, that's kind of a like – 
I mean, it's kind of like you see startups in all different kinds of spaces, you know, like, and there's almost that vintage or that, uh, we'll say in this case, that kind of roughneck feel of powerlifting. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a documentary on uh, Netflix. Yeah, Westside versus the World. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all all powerlifters. These dudes were like serious. I mean, they're like squatting like 600 pounds and shit, and they were pretty pretty intense but it was a different culture and i yeah. don't they're like they're at their gym they just had the windows blacked out there wasn't a sign out front you had to like yeah yeah they didn't really care about about how shiny the dumbbells were so how did you go about acquiring your first customers did you have some clientele you were able well, to I had with a, you i had a couple of clients already and uh obviously and you start out with one person coming in to join there was a client i had at city gym brent brent true was my first actual gym member who committed and uh, ever since then, we pretty much ran a special saying the first 10 people who jo- first month we join, we'll give you a discount in price. And uh, after that, we bump it up a little bit. So we just kind of build it from one person, walk off from there. And we kind of aim a gym like we don't want to be strictly a powerlifting gym. I mean, obviously, that's part of what we do. We have competitors, but our main focus is bringing strength training to people that don't compete. How do you find your clients? Do you like, I mean, do you go, I mean, what's your, what's been one of your better or more effective? Networking really hard. I mean, that's the, marketing is probably the hardest part. That's uh, trying to word things a certain way on social media. How do you write a blog to make people read that and say, I want to be there? Like, what kind of pictures do you use? Like, who do you talk to? I mean, you pretty much, like I say, if you're an introvert in any way, you're going to be a really bad gym owner. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. When you meet people on the street, like if you go to, if I go to a business and meet the owner, I got to give him my card and say, hey, I own this gym down the street. Come check us out, so on and so forth. Like when I moved, when you got the place in the crossroads, I went to every business in the area and talked to every owner and just said who I was and introduced myself. I joined a chamber of commerce down in Kansas City to meet people. It was all about, even if they don't join a the gym. They know somebody who wants to join They know somebody gym. who wants yeah. to join a gym. I remember my name, remember my face. And I'm, I'm a pretty unique looking character which i mean i know that so yeah man play to your strengths yeah, I, by your the strengths. way i think if you're an introvert you're just not you're likely to probably not be a great marketer no because it's not inherent it's not in your nature to, unless you can to, write very well to be yeah but still it's yeah i mean the, yeah i mean on some level but it's it there's so i'm clearly an extrovert i have been my whole life and and promoting and marketing comes very naturally to me because it's just like hey and even my daughter's like that who by the way did successfully raise a successful round of vc funding yeah it was very in a room full of strangers the other night it was five figures too yeah uh, well six six figures six dollars six Six dollars Fact, fact shaping, fact shaping. Well, no, it, she raised that to a five million dollar valuation. My buddy offered to put in fifty bucks later for point zero zero one percent. Yeah, yeah. Somehow she created five million dollars worth of wealth. In That's three pretty hours. impressive. Yeah. yeah, it's all been downhill since then. I think I think WeWork and SoftBank are considering a large oh. investment. Yeah, because they'll buy anything. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> you you mentioned earlier that you guys bootstrapped a lot of your growth, right? Um, well, congrats on that, by the way. That's not always the easiest thing to do. Um, is that the plan for going forward? Do you want to open That's more a, spots? Well, we're moving to a bigger spot where we're moving to. It's uh, 3,500 square feet. It's a wide open floor space. It's a standalone building. It's right in the middle of uh, Union Hill. And that's going to be at 2734 McGee on yes. March 1st and yes. after. And right now you're at 1714 Homes, yeah, right? Yeah, basically moving 10 blocks up the street. By the way, if you want to check out Casey Barbell, you can go on on the gram and check out at Kansas City Barbell. 
there might be pictures of my guns on there. Oh, it's never no? really been my thing. No, not, no, I actually kind of kind of fuck with people that I'm like, do I really need to see another picture of your post run map? I don't. I don't. All right. I'm just not a big fan of that. All right. Some people like it. Some people don't. I don't know. Jill gets mad at me when I say that. So, but she also runs and I don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My wife is currently not only just wearing an Apple watch, but also a Fitbit. Oh, really? Apparently. Yeah. I don't know if she's just, I don't, I I mean, she's got tracked. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. She also can like run like 13 miles in under two hours. That's crazy. I think I can't drive that far in two hours. So. Um, so what, what went about, do you feel that, all right, so your, your business is growing, right? 3,500 square feet is actually a fairly large gym. It, uh, it is, but fill up pretty, we have 10, we have 10 power racks. We have two dumbbell sets, a ton of kettlebells, sleds, sandbags, balls. I mean, crazy bars, competition benches, competition racks. It'll fill up pretty quick. Do you guys do CrossFit stuff like that? Too? Uh, no, we do not. Okay. No, it's no. all strength. I mean, we do, we do conditioning workouts we have, we have a couple of different program offerings. We have obviously weightlifting, which is Olympic weightlifting, we have powerlifting. We have something called strong and fit, which is most people, what most people do It's basically strength training with some fitness stuff in it. Does, has the fat of CrossFit kind of died off a little bit? Uh, no, it has not. It will probably stay for a while. I mean, there is definitely good parts and bad parts of CrossFit. You know, the good parts are that it gets people to work out. Some of the bad parts as that some of the movements they do are a little bit high risk, low reward. So you have to take. Well, care. I think I can lift up those giant tires. So I, I did really too. excited about that. Yeah, until I tore a bicep doing one. <laughs> are there any other fads these days? And there's always a fad. I mean, keto technically a fad. I mean, P90X was a fad. Yeah, I mean, P90X from that too. You see him come and go constantly. We can go back. You had Tybo. Tybo. Tybo was a fad. You always see something come and go, but. The basics of doesn't tra- go away. The basic strength training the basic tra- tra- like train, get stronger, get in better shape, eat well, you'll be fine. I would think those fads overall are helpful to the industry as a whole, right? All of a sudden, you get kind of more people thinking about working. Oh, out. definitely. I think CrossFit was the biggest thing to happen in the business in a long time. I always call it Cross- CrossFit has been the gateway drug for heavier lifting, right? It's kind of like you get into CrossFit and you're like, wow, it's I like lifting. I like lifting heavy weights. I'm gonna do something different. <laughs> It's true. Hey, here's the thing that, so I, I'm not like, so Jill, my wife, uh, she stays in great shape and she, she really favors the, like the, you know, she uses Apple TV. That is basically her instructor and, um, it works for her. She likes that structure. She likes to be able to follow along right. with something. I can't do that. I get bored after like five minutes and I don't like, I don't like doing long cardio sessions, like what yeah. they're doing down at the gym. I w- would resonate well with me. Yeah, me on, too. On many days. I mean, like I like I would rather go play a sport. Like I'd rather go play tennis or racquetball or then, something. Then like just that. run. Yeah, I hate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I play rugby. I had to I had to run. And because obviously they'd be in shape for the game. But I really hated it. And mm-hmm. when I stopped playing rugby, I stopped running completely, which might have been a mistake. But nevertheless, I mean, I always felt like you was I'd rather run playing a sport. I just yeah. get bored, man. I have yeah. ADD and like I so the it you know, I, I can do the treadmill. I have one, but I have like I have to like I have to do something else with like it. watch a movie or something. Yeah, and I can't. I have to cover the clock too. Yeah, like because if I look down, I'll look down at it like every Just minute. I'm like, it. God, that's only been a minute. Hey Jay, I want you to know that if we draft a startup hustle rugby team, you're likely to be my first pick. That'd be great. I mean, I uh, might be yeah. a little bit fragile right now. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, my other choice is Matt. 
or Johnny or Breland. Mm. <laughs> so would you feel comfortable that he would be the first overall pick? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Are you fast? I don't know. Fast-ish, I yeah. guess. Maybe I can run so faster. So I can't pick myself. Maybe I can run Kevin. faster. I don't know. Maybe I can outrun him. Probably, Probably not. Could. I don't know. You never no, know. Maybe. No. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe I'm a little beat up my old age. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find out later. So, all right. So, you know, we talked about the why and kind of some of the things that you needed to start. Um, you know, I want to get back to the marketing thing again, because right. like we mentioned that, that networking and getting out and talking to people is obviously a great way to do it. I would also think that a big source of future clients would be from the ones you already have. Yes, we do that. We constantly, we have this week, we have bring a friend week. Okay. So we can bring a friend into the gym anytime you want during the day and we'll just, you know, work out with you and get your information. We'll contact them, see if they liked it. So it's a constant, I mean, referrals are the number one. Thing for a gym your people have to tell their friends and bring friends with them that's the whole lifeblood of any kind of gym like this it's a community yeah the gym buddies like a big thing yeah. i mean like if you have like someone oh, yeah. that comes and works out that's just someone else to hold you accountable well, we yeah have, we have husband and wife teams in there yeah. we have parents and kids that join so that kind of uh, becomes like a little side family it's like a third home i mean they always say your work your work in your home or your home number one home number two you have that third home What's it going to be? It's going to be either a bar, which ain't the best thing in the world to do, or it could be a gym, which is a little healthier, obviously. Everybody has three homes. Everybody does. So we try to be that third home. But is that home, actual home work and then, some, yeah, then exactly. potentially the gym? Yeah. Everybody I has feel like, like my third home is the Sprint Center. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of sure as, as many events <laughs> as we've hosted there. I think, I think my third home is is more work from home <laughs> yeah well then i have four homes yeah well think yeah, about where you work from think home. about Your where your third home might be in cebu man yes yeah think so. about think about where you go to hang out the most like what do you do i like, hang out with your wife your friends i mean something like that where do you guys everybody has these rituals yeah or creatures you have now i got five homes my, mine this, is my couch with my laptop this podcast yeah, studios kind of kind of on the list true but, yeah, we I spend might, a few hours a week. I here. might start working out during the podcast because that go. way I could multitask. I mean, hang on. Where's the little squeezy eggs? Here we you go. I'm going to get a guns. I'm going to get this work. Yeah, there we go. yeah. <laughs> hang on. I mean, get a picture. I'm expecting Jay to start yelling at me to get squeezed. <laughs> one, one more. more. Yeah. One more. <laughs> Harder. All right. So you mentioned that. So a lot of the people that listen to this are obviously entrepreneurs and a lot of people have interest in software. You mentioned that you have a lot of software developers as uh, people that come down to the gym yeah, that doesn't seem like enough. is that do you think that's just because there's a lot of that going on in your neighborhood or like are the companies providing your services or like well we're working on corporate wireless packages now actually you get more companies in there but honestly the accessibility of strength training is different than what it used to be i mean when i started off in this industry <clears throat> people did not lift like this in mass it was more bodybuilding style which obviously is still lifting weights, but it's all about aesthetics and how you look. I think people like to perform well and be strong more now than they have like 10, 15 years ago. And I think people want to be healthy. I mean, a software developer is sitting around a computer all day <clears throat> and typing, hunched over, you know, not really, you know, just being very active. And I think the culture of lifting has grown so large that it reaches people that it normally would not have reached before. So I definitely, that's a big reason. I, mean, I can't give you an answer besides that. That's all I can hypothesize. I mean, as a culture, we are becoming more 
sedentary what's the damn word sedentary yeah we are but we're also becoming more active i mean you have two sides of the spectrum you have the one some one side one half is saying we're just gonna you know keep being lazy and sloth like the other half is saying no we're gonna be more fit and strong yeah i definitely see both sides happening and it really depends on social economics as well i mean it seems like the more the more money one makes or has the more liable to be involved with something like this and if you're not that well off, yeah. we don't have economics. Behind that's actually that's education. actually a known statistic. Yeah, yeah. That the as you climb the socioeconomic ladder, you achieve a higher level of fitness, and it's actually direct. It's it's more uh, it's tied to. Well, here's the thing: is if you're broke and you're working three jobs, right. that's where time. your extra energy goes. So you get all the time. Yeah, you get a little bit of time, and then I, I mean, there's. To, you know, then I think also it's uh, affordability and accessibility. Well, yeah. I think having kids changes a lot too. It does. A lot of these dynamics. And I'm one of those guys that's like, I'm using Instacart and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to the store. Like, it's like, forget it. I'm not dragging three could, kids to the grocery yeah, store. I, I would, I, why? Become why more sedentary. Yeah, yeah, but that's, but dude, I don't think you're going to like, fix a set, going to the store and walking around does not count as not being sedentary but it's but it's ex, but it's, it's like literally it's, like about a tenth of a notch above it well but it's, it's every little bit counts though yeah, right? now if you go down to talk to luke wade at casey crew and like join a pickleball team or yeah. a kickball team or you know go to high b arena and play basketball or something like that then we'll say you're not sedentary yeah so do you have any partnerships with places like that? The places I just mentioned uh, are uh, associates of ours. Uh, any plans to like branch out and do things outside of the gym? Well, we definitely do. As far as we – right now, we're kind of locked in to getting the self-moved. But definitely in the beginning of the year, we were looking at getting involved with some of these different companies, having partnerships, especially with young athletes because, uh, you know, I come from a sport background more than anything else, and I've trained athletes before pretty often. So there's a lot of money in that. There's yeah. a lot of resource behind that. You know, I've seen that change and largely through my friends that have kids. I'm like, holy shit. Like you guys are. So I played baseball. That was, that was my main thing. But I mean, you, and a, a couple of guys that I played baseball with ended up playing professionally later and they're coaches now and they do really well because yeah. parents will put money behind that part of their, their kids, uh, you know, you know, sports careers at the same time, like, man, I, you know, I, I had a buddy in Indianapolis who had a fourth grader and their baseball team played 70 games in a year. I'm like, dude, that's a lot. That's too much. That's yeah. So some of that, do you, uh, do you see some people pushing the young athletes a little harder than they should? Cause I see yeah. it everywhere. I've seen that for years. I mean, luckily in our gym, we don't have that. The parents are very supportive and they don't push them very hard. They just kind of like, you know, they're guiding them along. But I've definitely seen some horror stories when I was coaching and training kids. I used to be a football coach as well and a baseball coach. And I have seen it way too many times. Yeah. And it's kind of depressing to see that because you see the dad or the mom living vicariously through their kid, trying to use their kid's accomplishments as a platform for them. So it doesn't really work out too well when dad and mom can't simmer down and let a kid just play the game for fun. Do you know that for a few years of my life, I was nearly a full-time baseball umpire? And at one point considered pursuing that as a wow. real career. Yeah. No. I played baseball in high school and I and I started as a summer job uh, here in Blue Valley. I started uh, um, umpiring baseball games when I was like 14. And uh, huh. I'm, I'm taller and bigger and louder than the other kids were. So they always let me do older kids. 
and I did well with it. And I liked the game. And, uh, yeah, when I was about 18, I considered there's like schools you have to go through yep. like that. And then I realized I was like, man, there's a lot of other things I can do and probably get paid more to have people yell at me all day. <laughs> <laughs> and that was really like how it went. But yeah, that was, but, but with that, you talk about seeing, I mean, people chill the fuck out a little bit. They're kids. Right. Like, I mean, I, there was, you know, there was times so I'm just like, man, like this, this is a nine-year-old chill out. It's I, a little league game. I remember the time I was training these two sisters back in Long Island and they were swimmers and they were really good swimmers. And dad was one of those overbearing swim dads. And swim has a tendency to have some really overbearing parents. So we're in the gym. He's watching him work out all the time. And he's trying to tell me what, trying to tell me what they should do. And I'm like, you paid me. I'm a professional. Just let me do what I have to do. And then he was telling a story in one session about how the one girl got first in some big state meet and she did great. And when his wife called her, when his wife called him in the phone to tell him about it, he said his reaction was, well, why didn't she swim faster? So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, God, this guy's kind of an asshole. I'm like, the kids just want a big me and you're worried about her going faster. I'm like, granted, you know, maybe she could have, we don't know. But the fact of the matter is you worry about that later. Not at that, at that moment. Yeah. So little, little change of direction here. So entrepreneurship is known for putting a lot of stress on the entrepreneur. Um, we've even had episodes where we've talked about founders depression and different stuff like that. Um, if you had to give a fitness tip or something to snap someone out of, out of a rut, What's a, what's a good tip for those that are, that are a little, uh, if you have founder's depression or you need to get your shit together? Well, I mean, there's really no secret to this one. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even give out an honest answer. I mean, I see, I have a therapist I see every week to deal with, uh, you know, the anxiety of things and stress and whatnot. You know, cause as you know, running a business takes a lot of stress out of you and it's a lot of, uh, sleepless nights here and there. So I would tell somebody if they had definitely have a founder's depression or they're stressed, Definitely see professional help. Talk to somebody about it. Don't just bottle it up and kind of forge ahead. You can only fake that for so long before it starts to add up and affect your mental health too much. You know, I did that for a little bit and it starts to add up a lot. I mean, I've had moments where I'm thinking, am I going to fail? Is this going to work? You know, am I doing enough? Am I good enough? You have imposter syndrome, all those things. And by talking to somebody and getting it out and actually having my thoughts being processed, it becomes a little bit easier to deal with that. So that's my only real suggestion with that. That wasn't the answer I was expecting, but it's a good one. What did you expect? Well, I didn't know. I mean, you know, like, I mean. Some... Suck it up and deal with it kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on some levels, but also, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I was, I, I thought that was all really good advice. It's amazing how many people uh, talk about everything being such a grind, you know, but it's true, man. Owning a business is not for everyone. What they say, but three out of a thousand people are, um, you know, are cap are an entrepreneur or likely to be any good at it. So that means there's a whole lot of people that aren't really dealt with, aren't ready to deal with it. Now that saying, I have been training for this next moment for quite a while. I'm damn near world-class shape. I'm ready to compete. I've got my gold shoes on. My cleats are sharp. I'm ready for the starting gun. I think it's time to play mixtape. All right. Have you played mixtape before? Oh, I have I, heard no it. I noticed you've heard of it? I've heard of it, yes. Love it. I love that. So mixtapethegame.com. So Jay, I've drawn a card out of the mixtape deck. I'm going to read a scenario. 
we will all pick a song that we feel comes to mind or is best for the scenario. And then we will vote on who wins. You may not vote for yourself. Han just just handed you the keys to the Millennium Falcon for a quick joyride through the Alderaan system. What's the best song to jump into hyperspace to? I'm going with 2001 A Space Odyssey. I guess I got to go with Limp Biscuit rolling. You, you, really? <laughs> You with the fucking Lemp Biscuit man. I'm going to date myself horribly here. And so it was Sammy Hagar, I Can't Drive 55. Ooh, I like that. I'm voting for him. All right, you win. You, you're you voting for him, too? Yeah, he wins. Congratulations, Jay. And you know what? Here. Woo! It's been a little while since we fired the money gun. Let me get prepared. I'm gonna, Would you like to fire the money gun? What is that thing? Anyway? It is a money gun. It literally fires money. It's fire, it fires money. Yes. Yeah, you need one of these at the gym. Sounds like a make it rain kind of scenario. It's exactly what it so is. So you just pull the trigger and it fires money? Yeah. Well, hell, look at that. Let it loose. <laughs> Dude, this is the, the best thing ever. <laughs> I know actually, there's a market for everything. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Come out way. the top. There we go. There right, you go. That's unreal. Congratulations Thanks. That's, on being the winner of Mixtape. That's a money gun. It I, really is. We never heard it. I've never even seen that before. That's unreal. It's amazing how much joy the money gun brings our guests. I mean, isn't it? This is like at least the 30th person that's been like, oh my God, I didn't know something like this existed. Very few people have ever Well, I'm actually not really shocked Supreme makes it though. Yeah, well, yeah. It, or they, they probably didn't make this one because I bought it for a discount on Amazon. Well. But anyway, Probably well, congratulations on your victory. Now, with that, because Joel Johnson, the creator of Mixtape the Game, has been kind enough to bring us promotional decks. Jay, I am proud to say that you will be leaving with your own Mixtape the Game. Great. Yeah. That'd be you, fun. You didn't realize you were going to win cash and prizes here today, although you cannot keep the money from the money gun. That's fine. We wouldn't be able to fire it again. So, Jay, as we kind of wrap up this episode, what we like to do at the end of everything, at the end of uh, Startup Hustle episodes, is we have what we have lovingly been calling the Founders Freestyle, where you can pretty much say about whatever you want to say. It can be advice. You can talk about your business. You can do about whatever you want. Anything you feel you need to get out of your system before we end this episode. Wow. That's uh, no pressure at all there whatsoever. (laughs) Just get it's it, really not. Just get it all out. Yeah. Sit here to get my soapbox up and a cup of coffee. I'm good to go. Well, for most of your audience, I'm pretty sure is uh, well-versed in entrepreneurship or at least has an idea what they want to do with their life when they grow up. You know? No, I wouldn't assume that. Uh, well. I just figured it out. <laughs> I'm not sure what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah. It's a common issue. No, well, you have to actually grow up first, which is kind of a hard thing to do. Well, if I can ever say to people, living your passion is a lot of fun, but if you don't have systems to live your passion in place, it's going to end up being a chore and you start hating it after a while. Like I remember when I was a personal training manager of a gym and the hours would kill me. I mean, I'm working 16 hours a day doing clients, cold calls, and that's a miserable experience because you start to like really resent the business you're in when you're working at a point where you have absolutely no time for yourself. And I'm kind of a man that values free time. I'm a man that I really need to have that time away from my work to function. 
So it came to a breaking point where if I didn't take that time, I was going to go nuts, so to speak. So my only thing is, no matter how busy or how much of a grind or how much you love to hustle, you need to take time for that actual true self-care. Whether it's getting away from a job for a day, you know, trusting somebody to do the work for you, you know, taking time to hang out with your friends, you know, it's not even about going to the gym. I mean, some people use that as a self-care. I can't because the gym is an obligation for me. Working out is something I do. I can't look at it as something to say, well, I'm taking care of myself. It's kind of what I am. So for me, it's taking a day, going to the museum, you know, drawing, writing, some kind of a creative outlet, getting me away from the logical, the logical world that I exist in with strength training and dealing with people. Now, obviously, it's very what I do is very psychological. It's all it's all an art form wrapped around science. But if I don't step away from it once in a while, I kind of get a little bit resentful about what I'm doing. So I'm, I love what I do, but I don't want to get to the point where I'm trapped in it. So same thing for your audience too, people that own businesses. I mean, you might work 70 hours a week and that's great for a while, but eventually that will add up and you'll start to hate what you do. So take the time and take care of yourself. That's important. Mr. Watson. Yeah, that's actually what I was wanting to talk about was your, your final point there is I think as entrepreneurs, it is very stressful and the grind. And I, I think this is a reminder to all of us that we need to take care of ourselves. Yes. I mean, it, to, to follow on with what you're saying and, and I'm guilty of that too. I need to get back to working out getting exercise, good stress relief. And, uh, it's decorsey what you always talk about in your book, but the personal, personal, professional and physical. Yeah. The balance of those things. So yeah, yeah I think it's important as an entrepreneur to, you know, find ways to de-stress or like you said, you know, you, you, you spend so much time in one mode, but you need to spend some time in more of a creative mode or yes. whatever and, and have me time. So I think it's all really important. Well, I think, yeah. I think about men in general have a tendency to kind of put their head down and forge ahead without thinking about the consequences of that action. You know, you can do that for so long. And so you just get to the point where you're hitting walls over and over again. Yeah. So as we, uh, and Jay, thank you so much for coming in before I rock a freestyle, which is, I believe you want to stick around for a minute to hear. You can go to caseybarbell.com. Yeah, Jay has a personal website too. It's jayashman.com. Uh, when you're on the Instagram, go to at Kansas City Barbell. You can see pictures, videos. You want to see Jay shooting a money gun, go to at Start a Puzzle Podcast and check us out. Uh, or this episode will also be on YouTube. So as we round out this episode and Matt, thanks for the, the, uh, teeing up the, the book thing. Um, I, I wrote a book called balance me. It's just all it balanced me, a, a realist guide to a successful life. And it's, uh, over the years, I realized that everyone has a different balance of personal, professional and physical that works for them, but you got to try to figure out what that is. And it, it's pretty simple. You can write, just write down three numbers of you get a hundred percent of your own effort. What do you, what are you currently putting towards professional, your personal life and your physical life, and then write down three more numbers about what you'd really like to be doing. Cause there's a difference, you know, there's a difference between where you're putting your effort and where you probably put, should put your effort, but really the end in the end, um, it, for example, if all you do is put your effort into professional your physical life's going to fall apart. Your personal life's going to fall apart and they will force everything back into balance because your wife and your kids might, well, your wife might leave you. Your kids might have problems because you're not around and, or maybe you have physical problems because you haven't stayed in shape and now you have health problems and it is literally life will force 
your shit back into balance. Um, I'm not going to bore you with all those details right now. Literally made the book balance me a dollar ninety nine on Kindle on Amazon, um, <laughs> just because it's not about like trying to make bucks off that. There's even a free app in the App Store that'll help you keep track of your your own life balance per se. But yeah, in the end, really, you just uh, the whole thesis of the book is um, you got to just figure out what you want and figure out what the steps are to get there and start replacing some low value activities with ones that move you towards your goal. Right. Eat that elephant one bite at a time. Speaking of which, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start chewing on the tail. I'm going to go sculpt my guns. (laughs) See you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.